0: Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Amen. We sit uh, between two great feasts: uh, the Nativity of Our Lord and Theophany, his baptism. Uh, but in between there, we celebrate um, some very significant events in the life of the church, in the life of Christ. One is the martyrdom of St. Stephen. And then the Holy Innocents, the 14,000 children that were murdered in Bethlehem, uh, two years old and younger. And then the uh, celebration of his circumcision on the eighth day and St. Basil the Great. So we kind of put all this together uh, in this kind of two-week span. It's a very beautiful time in the church. So what I'd like to do today is, is just look between nativity and theophany, compare them a bit. Um, So there's a hymn that uh, shows up in the the service of theophany that it kind of compares both these feasts. So let me read the hymn first, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. The past feast, that is Christmas, and the new feast, theophany, The feast of Christmas was joyous, but the coming joy is greater yet. The Christmas feast that had the angels proclaiming glad tidings, but this theophany has the forerunner preparing the way. Christmas had blood spilt as Bethlehem wailed in, in its childlessness, but this feast, theophany, has water giving birth to many children. The star proclaimed to thee, to the white to the wise men, but now the Father, and the Holy Spirit reveal thee to the whole universe, O incarnate Lord, coming and revealing glory to thee. So let's take a look at that first uh, phrase. The past feast was joyous, but the coming feast is great, as greater joy. So if we look at uh, Nativity. Certainly, there is a great joy that happens because we hear the angels proclaim uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And we understand that God has come in the flesh to save us from our sins. But it's kind of a quiet joy. Uh, it, It hasn't really, nothing has really happened to us yet. So we've kind of, we're kind of, it's like an anticipating A joy given, but an anticipation. But the greater joy at theophany is that Christ came and sanctified the world. He stepped into those waters, and in those waters, he changed everything. There is a substantial event, that a substantial happening occurred. He stepped into the water, and he sanctified the universe. You're not excited. He sanctified the universe. Now, and we get this a bit because in our baptism, we participate in that sanctification. And as we live the life and make an attempt to live the life, things begin to happen in us. We, become the, we, be, we begin to live out that sanctification. And that's kind of our... Our effort, our Christian effort, is to live in that sanctifying event of baptism and to live out that sanctification, to become holy people. You know, it was really interesting. I remember uh, um, who's the who's the the teacher at uh, the Orthodox pr- professor at Cal Poly San Luis. Uh, Well, whoever it is. He's a really good guy. Um, The redhead. He's got red hair. He said it was very interesting. When he was searching for orthodoxy, we're searching for the truth, Christian truth. He said he went to Mount Athos, and he knocked on the door of a monk. When the monk answered the door, he said, "Ah, that's what I want. That's what I want. He saw it. He saw a sanctification. Very beautiful. People can see that in you. That's what you want. You want them to see that sanctification being worked out in you, that special place that God has in you being worked out in you. That's our, that's our effort. So the greater joy, the joy of His coming in the flesh, yes, God has come to save the world. In the greater joy at Theophany is that we are, are participating in that salvation. Not only in us, but in this world. You are sanctifying everything around you. Sanctification, very important to us. So the next line was that had the angel proclaiming the glad tidings, but this as the forerunner preparing the way. The glad tidings were peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And the Forerunner gives us the way we will that will happen in our life and in the lives of the church, in the life of this, in the life of in, in our life. This, how will it happen? Um, what's the forerunner's first words to us? First word. What is it? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Repent. How do we kind of manifest this peace and goodwill? For us, beloved, it's living a life of, and we say it in the litany, peace and repentance. To live that life of repentance is such an important thing to us. We need to kind of get this. You know, we sometimes... um, we need to be very aware that we are sinners, and that but God has given us an immediate solution. What's the solution? Repent. Repent. You know, sometimes we spend all kinds of time uh, being upset at our sins, moaning our sins, pitying ourselves because of our sins, wondering why we repeat them over and over again. We didn't do one thing. What did we not do? Repent. And so you sin again. So what do you do next? And you sin again. You do what again? Repent. It's a gift from God. When we sin, we repent right there. Lord, forgive me. I don't want to think that way anymore. I don't want to say those words anymore. I don't want to do that Thing anymore. Please help me. I repent. God forgive me. It's such a gift to us. We need to use it continually. Continually. So we don't fall to kind of being uh, self-pitying ourselves, to, to, uh, to falling to uh, moaning the fact that we're not perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'll tell you a funny story. Father Hopko said this. He was talking to us about confession years and years ago. And he said, you know, when he, as a young priest, he was in confession to an old spiritual father, and he was kind of uh, moaning about not being perfect. I do this, and I do that, and I do this, and I do this, and I do that. And the monk stopped him and said, Father, you, you You know something, you're not Jesus Christ. (laughs) You're a sinner. Repent. We sin. We repent, and it has to be as quickly as we possibly can do it. And then we can. And it's important that at points in our life we come to confession, so we get that that blessing from the priest, that blessing of our our, our repentance, unto forgiveness, unto strengthening, unto healing. That's what that sacrament of confession is about. So we've been given a gift. How do we live at peace and in goodwill? How do we do it? You repent. It's a gift to you. We need to be so grateful for that. And then this beautiful line, uh, tragically beautiful, that the Christmas had blood spilt as Bethlehem wailed its childlessness. But this water gives birth to many children. So we see the great human tragedy of the death of many infants in Bethlehem. But that just kind of opens the door to all human tragedy, right? There's many deaths. There's been many un uh, uh, deaths that have not been... Uh, have been perpetrated by evil. Many deaths, right? Wars, all kinds of things have created a, a great tragedy in our life, in our world. But what does God say? He, we lost many children there, but in baptism, what does he gain? He gains many children in the waters of baptism. How many children has he gained? Many, many millions and millions of Christian people have been born in the waters of baptism. So we need to understand the very power of this and the importance of kind of living in our baptism, understanding that that unity in Christ is giving us us the, the power to live out this Christian life that it's not just being born into the faith. It's living out the faith in the power of your baptism. So this is, this is uh, for us, we should be uh, overwhelmed with gratitude. You know, we just get into this kind of Christian funk. where I'm a Christian, but we don't understand what God did for us. He died, rose again, allowed us to participate in his glorified human body in baptism that we might be able to live the faith, live out the faith. Are you grateful? Are you grateful? We should respond. Our our life should be full of that. Lord, thank you for giving me the opportunity to live out this faith in union with you because of my baptism. And then finally, the star proclaimed thee to the wise men, but now the Father reveals thee to the whole universe. The star, it's very interesting, that star in Bethlehem uh, guided the shepherds and guided the wise men to the stable where Christ was. Very beautiful picture for us to see. God's guidance to have, it, have his birth proclaimed Very beautiful. Just a quiet proclamation of his birth. No big deal, right? Uh, kings from afar, who left, who left, who left, went another way. See, it, it was a quiet proclamation. But I still think if there were, there's a couple things, there's two things I would love to, if, if there was a time machine, I'd love to go back to. One is the 40 days Christ lived with the apostles after his resurrection. That would have been amazing to me. He just walked into a room. The door was closed. He just walks into the room. So. And he teaches us all the things that the scriptures were there to reveal him in. So very beautiful time. But the other time is this: when the Lord stepped into the waters and was baptized by John the Baptist. You know, everybody came out to those waters and was there waiting. And they came anticipating the Messiah, the, 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 the king of Israel, was going to be revealed to them. And then, all of a sudden, this man walks in the water, Jesus of Nazareth. And John sees him and says, I am not worthy to baptize you. You should baptize me. He says, no, you do this. And when that happened, that was an amazing event. But the next things are amazing. Then what descended? A dove, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. The Holy Spirit. We looked at it. We, they saw the Holy Spirit. Have you seen the Holy Spirit? <laughs> they saw the Holy Spirit. And they heard the Father. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. What? They must. It, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? The Messiah has come, and then we see the Holy Spirit, and we hear the voice of the Father. So humanity witnesses his birth. Divinity proclaims his baptism. So we have this beautiful contrast in these feasts. So there's so much to anticipate. But as it ends, let me end this way. O incarnate Lord, come, reveal yourself to us, Glory to Thee. Amen.